Blog Talk Radio. Building the nation with the word of the Lord. Teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom. Good evening and blessings to you all on this beautiful evening. I am so excited to just be able to, on a on just impromptu, come and just share the word with you tonight and just share what's in my heart. And I believe that um, it is a, a word from God and it's something that's on his heart as well. So welcome to Kingdom Empowerment. I am your host and teacher for the evening. I am Elder Coilette James, and I give God all the praise, the glory, and the honor that is so richly due him. He is such an incredible father and such a an awesome, awesome, awesome leader. And he leads us, he guides us, he directs us along the path of righteousness. And all we have to do is tap into his guidance and his direction, and we cannot go wrong. Amen. So no matter what you're going through on this evening, whatever trials and tribulations you may be facing um, or that you face throughout the day, just know that you serve an awesome and a mighty God who loves you unconditionally and who is always, always, always there for you. He always has time for his children. So it's just an awesome awesome thing to know that we serve a God that is so mindful of who we are. You know, in the Word of God, at one point it says, who is man that you are so mindful of him? And and that's a question personally that I've had many times in my life. Who am I that you are so mindful of me? But trust me when I say I am so grateful and so thankful that he is. Amen. So we want to... We we want to talk tonight about the importance of what we hear, what we take into our ear gate, as well as what we speak. You know, what are you releasing into the atmosphere? What are you calling forth into your life and into the life of those that you love? I had um, put up a post earlier today on Facebook because this is just, I guess, a message that has been residing in me all day. And the post is a picture of um, of Chris Tucker from um, a movie that he did with Jackie Chan, and it says, do you understand the words that is coming out of my mouth? That was the picture in the caption, and we all remember the movie, and it was a comedy, and it was really, really funny, and what have you, and he was talking very slow because he didn't think Jackie Chan could understand English. However, to his surprise. Um, Jackie could understand him quite well. But God just dropped it in my spirit to use that um, as a backdrop backdrop for, um, for getting a message across about how important it is that we understand the power of the words that come out of our mouth. Um, the post said this. It says, this was from a comedy scene that made everyone laugh. 
What is not a laughing matter is if you don't understand the power of the words that are coming out of your mouth. What are you releasing into the atmosphere concerning your family, your current situation, and your future? Are you empowering angels to go forth on your behalf by speaking the word of God or Are you giving the enemy ammunition to use against you by your words of negativity and doubt? This is the day the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it, for he has given you the victory over it. That is very, very important for you to know. You have to get that in your heart and in your spirit, that no matter what is at hand, God has already given you the victory over it. And how you achieve that victory is by just hearkening unto his word. What did he say? What did he promise? What was his words over your life? What was his words pertaining to your situation? And let me tell you, if you've not gotten into the presence of God, into that quiet place with God to consult God over what you're going through, then you're missing your strategic move so that you can come up out of the situation. You must, you must, you must, you must, you must. I can't say that enough. You must get in the presence of God and find out what is it that he is speaking over your situation. If you cannot put a handle on what's going on in your life or you don't know which way to turn, do you go to the left, do you go to the right, do you open your mouth, do you keep it shut, do you leap for joy, or do you fall on your face prostrate before God? You need direction and guidance from the throne of God. And it is not just vital, it is crucial that you get that before you open your mouth, before you speak a word over your situation, over your family, over your marriage, over your finances, over whatever is at stake in your life. You must Get the word of God on it. I cannot stress that enough. What is the word of God about your situation? Now, we go into the word, and we're going to go into the word in a few minutes, and, and we speak the word, and we, we pray the word, and we do all the things that we are told to do, but none of that will do you any good if you cancel out the word. So you have to get into a place where you're aligning your mind, your thoughts, your heart, and your spirit all to be in sync with what God is specifically saying to you in the midst of your situation. We all go through similar things. We can relate to to people on so many levels because, you know, it appears that they are um, right in the place where you are or they're going through the same thing that you've gone through or you're in the midst of or they've gotten victory over a thing and so, you know, you hearken to them. Please hear me. There is great counsel in the multitude of witnesses. That's what the word of God says. And that's good to seek counsel of of godly people, not not just, you know, what what are the Dr. Fields of the world saying, but you, you need to seek godly counsel. That's good. But I, let me say this to you. Please, please hear my heart in this. You need a word from God more than you need godly counsel of man. 
it's it's just that simple. Yes, I promise you, you know, I love my pastors dearly. They are truly a man and a woman of God and of integrity. They are flowing in the revelatory knowledge of God. They they are they they walk in the apostolic and the prophetic mantle and and they've never given me a, a bad word. Seriously. However, they're not my first place that I seek a word on my situation. Not the first place I go. First place I go is into my prayer closet. That's the first place I go. And normally whatever word they're going to give me after the fact is just confirmation of what God has already said. Your first, your first, your first stop to get counsel has got to be the throne room of God. It has to be. You know, we pray, we pray amiss, (laughs) we pray without understanding how we are to pray. We do all kind of things that would hinder our victory and hinder the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives because, unfortunately, a lot of us have not been taught. We have not been counseled properly. We don't know what the proper purpose of prayer is. Um, so we just kind of go on what we hear and today. As most of you know that know me, you know prayer is my passion. It, it is absolutely my passion. Um, when I got saved 28 years ago, God replaced all the addictions in my life with prayer. I promise you, I became addicted to prayer. I I became addicted to shut-ins. I became addicted to the presence of God, okay, first and foremost. And any place that I could get in his presence, that's where I had to be. And that was while I was being trained up as a babe in Christ. You know, at at that particular point in time in my life, I really didn't recognize and understand that the presence of God resided within me at all times. Didn't know that yet. That was yet for me to learn. But on the onset, you know, at least I was pushing into where I really needed to be, and that was in the presence of God. When you go into the word of God and you do a word search for the word prayer, you will find the first time the word prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R, is mentioned in the Bible, it is mentioned by David. And it is mentioned by him taking back to God what Nathan, the the um, prophet, had brought to him. And I'm, I'm looking for it as I'm speaking to you, so you probably hear my pages turning. Um, as a, as a, a teacher of the word, that's my, my primary call, um, I always have to go to the word. I've got to. I've got to um, lay my foundation, and a lot of times God will give me um, different a different way to go than what my notes are. <laughs> and this is this is one of those times. So I am going to uh, I'm going to Second Samuel, and I believe it is the seventeenth chapter. I believe. I believe. I believe. Um, it's it's a powerful thing. It is is such a powerful thing because what he did, he took the word back to God that 
um, Nathan had given him, and he told he told God that now. Oh, here it is. Okay, Second Samuel. I, I'd opened to it, and it was just sitting here in front of me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Second Samuel, the seventh chapter, not the seventeenth. Second Samuel, the seventh chapter, and here's what it says, starting at the eighteenth verse. And I'm reading out of the King James version. It says, "There then went." King David in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O God, but thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. And and is this the matter, the manner of man, O Lord God? And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. For thy word's sake and according to thine own heart hast thou done all these great things to make thy servant know them. Thou art great, O Lord, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And and what one nation in the earth is like thy people, even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself and to make him a name and to do for you great things and terrible for thy land before thy people, which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt, from the nations and their gods. For thou hast confirmed to thyself thy people Israel, to be a people unto thee forever, and thou, Lord, art become their God. And now, O Lord God, hear this, hear this. Okay, this is the 25th verse of Second um, Samuel. It says, And now, O Lord God, the word that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and concerning his house, Establish it forever, and do as thou hast said, and let thy name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel, and let the house of thy servant David be established before thee. For thou, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, hath revealed to thy servant, saying, I will build thee an house. Therefore hath thy servant found in his heart to pray this prayer unto thee. And now, O Lord God, thou art that God, and thy words be true, and thou hast promised this goodness unto thy servant. Therefore now let it please thee to bless the house of thy servant, that it may continue forever before thee. For thou, O Lord God, hast spoken it, and with thy blessing let the house of thy servant be blessed forever. So understand what David did, he took back to God what the the uh, prophet Nathan had come and said to him, that God was establishing his house forever, the name on his house, and all that he was going to do. David took that back to God. 
And the 27th verse says, For thou, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, hast revealed to thy servants, saying, I will build thee an house. Therefore hath thy servant found in his heart to pray this prayer unto thee. This is what I'm saying to you. You have got to get in the presence of God and hear what what God is saying about your house, what God is saying about your situation, and that's what you go back to God with. How do you go back to him with? You go back to him in agreement with what he has spoken. Remember, he created us in his image and in his likeness. He created us to be a speaking spirit just as he is. So in doing that, he has given the power of life and death to our tongue. Remember, he gave that power to us. That's the word. So if he's given that power to us, we want to make sure that what we are speaking is life to our situation and death to the attack and the wiles of the enemy. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. He has given us a choice. He has set before us blessings and cursings, death and life. Choose ye this day life. He has said that to us. He has given us um, a mandate in which we are to follow. And so that translates into every area of our lives. And especially in the words we're speaking forth, we have done such a disservice to ourselves, to our loved ones, to our situations, and to our circumstances because we allow doubt, anger, fear, unbelief, all these different things to come into our our heart, and so we speak it out of our mouth. Remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we have to get into a place where as we're speaking out of the abundance of our heart, we're speaking what thus says the Lord about our situation. I love the word of God. I promise I absolutely can devour it. At one time in my life, I literally slept with it on my pillow. I did. Last thing at night, I wanted to read the word. First thing when I woke up in the morning, I wanted to read the word. And it is a phenomenal tool, and we, we need to digest it within our spirit because it is in the word of God that we learn really who God is. And he reveals himself through his word. And as he reveals more and more of himself to us, He we all get to a place where we can understand more and more of who we are. Because, again, he created us in his image and in his likeness. So it is vital, again, that we get into his word. That being said, we need a sure word for our situation. So when we get into our posture of prayer, when we get into the presence of God, then the first thing we want to do, we we first always want to come into the presence of God with praise and worship. Why? Because the word of God says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So we want him to inhabit our space. We want to make sure that, you know, we have invited the spirit of the living God in. We've come to meet with him. We've come to have fellowship with him. Remember, we are in relationship with God. It has absolutely, positively nothing to do with religion. 
nothing to do with religion. Christ came that we may be reconciled back unto the Father, that we may once again be in relationship with the Father. So when we come into our time of prayer, we're coming into that place where we can have fellowship with God. It's called koinonia. It's that intimate time that we want to come into the presence of God with. So we enter into his presence with praise and with thanksgiving. We enter into it to his, his throne room, to his courts, to his gates. We want him to be, uh, we want to be enveloped in his presence. Amen. But once we've done our praise and our worship, you know what we want to do? We want to get quiet. We don't want to just come into our prayer time and rattle off to God everything that we have need of. We want to come into his presence and get quiet because we want to hear from him. We've entered in. We've, we've put out our, our, our timbers, so to speak. We have lifted him up. We have exalted him. We have praised him. We have honored him. We have hallowed his name. Remember the Lord's Prayer, when, when, or the model prayer, rather, when the, the apostles asked Christ to teach them how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When you're coming into his presence, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to acknowledge he's your Father. Is he God? Absolutely, positively, okay? But remember the relationship. Don't forget we're in a relationship. So we're, we're our Father. You, you want to entreat your Father. You want to love on your Daddy God. You want to make sure that, you know, you're in fellowship. So you're, you're exalting him. You're praising him. You've done that. You, you've did your salutations. You've did your greetings. You've said, hi, Daddy. Hello, Father. I want to spend some time with you. You've put that out there by your praise and your worship. Now it's time to be quiet and let him speak to you. Let him tell you what's on his heart. What's on his heart concerning you? What's on his heart concerning your situations? What's on his heart concerning the nation? It is very rude to have a conversation with someone and you don't let them talk. Think about that. Think about how you feel when you're in the presence of someone and all you do is do all the talking, but you don't let them get a word in edgewise. And then when you're finished talking, you get up and you walk away. And they've not had an opportunity to speak, to share their heart, to say anything. It's very annoying. So think about it. We're in a relationship with our Father God. So once you come into his presence, again, you're, you've, you've, you've given your salutation. You've said hello. You've honored him. Now you want to get quiet because you want to hear his heart. You want to hear his heart. There's one thing that, that our pastor Pastor Deontay C. Atkinson of the New Bethany Family Worship Center for All Nations in Las Vegas, Nevada. Just thought I would throw that plug out there. But there's one thing that um, that our pastor has has taught us, um, and that is the art of being quiet before God, making sure that you are not just seeking to pray to Him but you also want to seek to be an answer to his prayers. Now, I know that sounds really strange, okay? It's like God has prayers, God has desires and wills and wants, and his desire 
first and foremost, as he said in the word, is that none would perish, that all would be saved. His desire is that you would be fruitful. His desire is that you would be his ambassador in the earth realm, that you would represent him. His desire is that you would fulfill the God-ordained purpose and destiny that you were created for. So, yes, does God have desires? Yes, he does. So, therefore, just like you have desires and that's what you bring in your prayer, then he has desires that he has that he would wish of you to do as well. So you were created to be an answer to someone's prayer, just as someone else has a mandate on their life to be an answer to your prayer. Think about it. Think about how God releases people into your life, people that you don't even know about, just to come and be a blessing to you. They may be a, may bless you with a word. They may bless you with something tangible. They may put a financial blessing in your hand. They may bless you with the knowledge that you need right at that particular point in time. Whatever it is that God has ordained or or commanded them to do in your life, they have come to be a blessing unto you. Well, likewise, there are those that you are to be a blessing to as well. That God has put a, a distinct command and assignment on your life to be a blessing to that individual. But if you're not hearing the voice of God, if you're not attending your ear to know what your assignment is for the day, for the moment, for the hour, then you're going to miss where you need to be to be a blessing to someone else, the same way you would miss where you need to be for someone to be a blessing to you. So it's vital that we get into the presence of God and we get quiet to hear from him. You know, it, it goes back to Samuel when when God kept calling his voice and he kept running to Eli, you know, thinking that it was Eli calling him. And by that third time, Eli realized, even though he, he was not fully where he needed to be as a prophet in the land because he had some issues going on in his household that he hadn't attended to, but he had enough sense to recognize, hmm, if you've heard this three times now, and I know it's not me, that's the voice of God calling you. And think about it. Why did Samuel think that it was Eli's voice? Because he reverenced Eli as a father. Eli had authority over his life. Eli was somebody that spoke into his life. So he heard a father's voice. And when Eli told him, if you get if you hear it again, if you're called again, then your response is speak Lord for your servant is listening. That's what we need to go into prayer with. That exact attitude where we're saying unto God, speak Lord for your servant is listening. I want your counsel on my situations. There are so many times that we get hurt in situations or we feel rejected in situations or we feel that God has not heard our prayer or whatever, and and part of that reason is simply because we neglected to ask God for his counsel on the situation. We went to him and we said, Lord, this is what I want. Make it so. Basically, because that's that's what we do, you know. God do da 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 in Jesus' name, Amen. And then we get up and we leave. 
Instead of saying, you know what, Father, this is my heart. This is what I'm going through, Lord. This is how I am feeling. Would you please give me your counsel on this situation? Because I don't want to go before God. I don't want to go after God. I don't want to miss God. Okay? I want to be aligned with God. And the only way that you can do that and make sure that you are aligned with God is if you've aligned yourself with the voice of God and allowed him to speak into your situation. It is utterly, utterly, utterly vital. I can't stress enough how important it is, how important it is. So that being said, dealing with what we're speaking out of our mouths is so vitally important to understand that we need to make sure we're speaking forth what thus saith the Lord. That That's, I can't make it any clearer than that. One thing that, you know, we have to get a clear understanding of who we are in God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What does it mean to be in Christ? Really, what does that mean? Because for some of us, we just think Christ is Jesus' last name. And I assure you, it's not. So we first need to establish what does Christ mean. And Christ means the anointed one and God's anointing. So if you are in Christ, then you are in God's anointing. And if that is the case, then that makes you anointed too because you're in the anointing. So when we step into the anointing, the first thing we want to do is hear the voice of God. We want to be his mouthpiece. The word tells us so many different things about that. First and foremost, Christ told us, Jesus told us, that he only speaks what he hears the Father say. He only does what he sees the Father do. He is our example of how we are to live our lives. So if it was so for him, then it's got to be so for us as well. We need to understand, we need to recognize, if we are in Christ, then the old things, behold, all things have become new. Old things have passed away. So the old lifestyle of not knowing what to do, the old things of being, walking in doubt and, and unforgiveness and, oh, my God, there's so many things, fear, that we allow to get us out of the will of God. We've got to let all these old things pass away because all of those old things make us speak things out of our mouths that shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. If we're fearful, then our words are going to have fear on them. I'm afraid to do that. I can't do that. If we're angry, then the words that come out of our heart is going to be words of anger. And so then you're speaking cursings on people instead of blessings on them. And remember, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm going, I'm going to take you through the word on this thing. The Beatitudes, okay? Christ gave us things that we are to do to, to bless our enemy, not to curse them. To bless those that would despitefully use you. If your enemy hungers, you feed them. If your enemy thirsts, you give them to drink. If your enemy's cold, give them your coat. 
So if we're walking around in anger, then the words coming out are angry, and so then again, we're blessing and not, or we're cursing and not blessing, and that's not what we're called to do. So we have to adjust our hearts. We have to adjust our mindset. And above all, we have to entreat the Holy Spirit to speak through our mouths. I don't care what your situation is. I don't care if it's in your marriage. I don't care if it's um, between you and your children. I don't care what you see currently. It could be a health issue. It could be a poverty issue, a financial issue. But we're not going to speak what we see, we're going to speak what God has said. Amen? We walk by faith and not by sight. So how bad, I don't care how bad that little rascal is that you birthed, okay, or that, you know, or how bad it is in your marriage, we're not going to speak what we feel sometimes in our heart against our mates. Listen. I'm speaking to you from experience, okay, because and those of you that know my testimony, you know my husband and I, we were married three and a half years, divorced, okay, for two and a half years. Those three and a half years we were married, I didn't get married till I got saved, okay, and then once I got married, the enemy came in seriously like a flood into my marriage and just wrecked havoc, Okay. Now understand, I'm a babe in Christ. I got married, what, six months, seven months after I got saved. Okay. So I'm a babe in Christ. I'm being taught properly to to speak the word, to stand on the word. Um, But even though I'm speaking the word over my marriage, it should live and not die. I'm decreeing and declaring what God has joined together. No man can put asunder. I'm doing all of that. But in my heart, I'm getting getting more and more frustrated. I'm getting angrier. I'm getting, I'm praying. Well, I, I was about to say I was getting bitter, but I was praying, Lord, just don't let me get bitter. Because prior to getting saved, I walked in bitterness, and that's an ugly place to be. So I didn't want to go back to that. Okay, so I did all of that. I stood. I did all that God told me to do. But then there came a time when it was like, you know what, I'm over this. So even though I was doing what I was supposed to do, I got to a place where I was tired. I was tired. And I know the word says weary not in well-doing. But those of you that have been on the battlefield, you know you can become battle-fatigued. You can get weary, and I got weary, okay. And some situations arose, and finally I remember just standing there going, oh, I hate you. It was just like, you know, and and I just, during the time where I was standing on my marriage and I'm in my marriage and I'm just saying, God, you know, you got to get me out of here, you know. And all he kept saying to me about my husband was just love him through. Just love him through. And I, I didn't fully understand it at the time, but I, I did take on, okay, so I'm supposed to love him through all that I'm going through. I, I did take that much <laughs> into consideration. But it came a point in time where I, I didn't I didn't want to love him through. I, it was like, okay, that's your child. You love him through. I'm out, all right? But I stayed until I got my release. And the day that God gave me my release was the day that, as I said, I rose up with, with anger in my heart and hatred, and it was just like, oh, I hate you. And and I said to God, as my husband walked out the door, I said to God, God, you have got to let me up out of here because what I'm feeling right now has nothing to do with Christ. And he said to me, okay, you can leave. 
And it really kind of startled me because he had never said I could go before. He had always said, just love him through. But he allowed me a chance to calm down. And 20 minutes later, after he told me, okay, you can leave, and I'm, I'm in my bathroom, I'm getting myself, I'm sitting at my vanity. I remember it like it was yesterday. I'm sitting in my vanity, and I'm getting myself ready for work and what have you, and this quiet, still voice said to me, but you know you got to take him back. And I was like, okay, God, if you make me come back into this. And then in a split second, I promise you, I thought, okay, what do I threaten God with? Okay, this is God, y'all. So I said, I'll just cry. And he said, it will not be the same. See, that's getting counsel. Now, I didn't even answer that counsel right then, but he waited till I got to a quiet place. He gave me counsel when I asked for it. It's like, you got to let me up out of here because, you know, I was like enraged. And so right that moment, he did answer. He said, okay, you can leave. But he allowed me to calm down to get my composure, and then in a quiet place, in a quiet time, he spoke his heart. See, my heart was to leave, and he gave me that permission. But in a quiet place, he spoke his heart, which was, you know, you got to take him back. And his promise was, it will not be the same. Now, I walked in that. I did. I walked in that for six months. I did leave. I left that day, actually. <laughs> um, that night, I packed myself and I was gone. But I walked in what God said to me, that you know you're going to have to take them back. So I didn't run right out to get a divorce or whatever. We were separated. God blessed me immensely. He allowed me to purchase a home on my own without my husband. Just, you know, he blessed me. He was there. He was my provider. He kept me. He sustained me. He did everything that he does, okay? But six months after that, my best friend passed away. And I don't know why I'm giving this testimony, but somebody obviously needs to hear it. My best friend passed away. And so, you know, when you lose somebody close to you, you reach out for the next person that's supposed to be the closest to you. And so I reached out for my husband. And because he was not receptive to me in the way that I thought he should have been, I made up in my heart right then that I would never reach out for him again and I was going to divorce court. And I did. Got a divorce, boohoo, cried on my knees before God day after day. Because in my spirit, I know what God said that I was going to have to take him back. But at that point in time, it didn't matter what I had prayed, what I had stand, stood on, I didn't care. All I knew was that I was hurting and I was done. So I divorced him. Two and a half years later, <laughs> God brought us back together because his word stood. And when he brought us back together, I was in a place of, I don't want this. I want a new one, God. I I don't want him. You know, that's behind me, okay? I'm pressing forward. I want a new one. I don't want that one. This is what God said to me. He said, you will let me be God. That was the first thing he spoke to my heart. I'm in church. I'm at praise and worship service, and my husband actually was there with me that morning. He had, you know, come to church and what have you. But anyway, so um, he said, you will let me be God. Well, my first reaction was, God, I can't stop you from being God if I wanted to, you know. And then he, he broke this down to me, which made such a profound impact, and I really want you guys to get this in your spirit. He said, you prayed my word. 
You stood on my word. My word cannot go out and return unto me void. This thing must be. You see, in the midst of the the turmoil and the trouble of the marriage, I had did what God told me to do. I stood on his word. I prayed his word. I stood on his word. And his word will not go out and return unto him void. That amazed me. That absolutely amazed me that his word was that powerful. So you see what I'm saying? And, and, and oh, by the way, he brought us back together. We remarried. And we are 22 years into the second marriage, just so you know. Okay. And I'm not saying that we didn't have our ups and downs in the second marriage because we have. However, as God promised that faithful day when he told me I had to take him back, it has not been the same as that first one. All the, the hell and the different things that I went through and the pain and the rejection of that first marriage, I've not encountered in the second one. So God is true to his word. So that's why it's so vital for you and so important that you get in the presence of God and you seek his counsel and then you speak his word. See, that's what I did in that first marriage. I got in his presence and I sought his counsel. And his counsel, he he walked me through his written word as he spoke to me. In his audible word, he walked me through his written word, and he said, you stand on this scripture, and you stand on this scripture, and this is your scripture of war, and this is your scripture of peace, and this is your scripture. You see what I'm saying? He was strategic to me. He spelt it out. He walked it out with me every single step of the way. And those are the scriptures, and that's what I stood on. He even gave me a word for my husband, and I wrote it out. Excuse me. It was Carlton Robert James is a mighty man of God. He is a mighty man of valor. He is walking in the things of God. He is flowing in the spirit of God. And I anointed it. I wrote it out. I anointed it and put it in my Bible. And that thing stayed in my Bible for years, even when we weren't together even when we weren't together, because this is what God said about him. Even though I did not want the marriage, I still wanted and believed God for what he said about the soul, about the man. So you see what I'm saying? you got to get to a place where you're not speaking out of your anger. You're not doing things out of your anger. You're going to God and saying, okay, firstly, like, Lord, give me peace. You know, you got to speak to the storm that's raging within you. Peace be still. Give me peace. Okay? Calm me down, God, so I can clearly hear from you and then clearly give me what you would have me to speak. I want to take you to Acts, the second chapter. And this this was something that, that God just, just poured out into my spirit um, a couple of weeks ago. I was in a shut-in at the church, and, I, and as the prayer team, we were seeking God for um, for strategies. You know, we were we're the prayer team of the ministry, and so we don't want to pray amiss. We don't want to pray what we think. We don't want to pray what we feel. We want to pray what that says the God says the Lord. So we came before God, strictly seeking strategies, not seeking a house, not seeking a car, not seeking more money. None of those things that we get so caught up in in our prayer time. Okay, but strategies. God, speak to our hearts. 
What do we stand on? What's your word on the situation? We got a lot of things going on in the ministry. What is your word over this situation? Because that's what we want to stand on. And he gave us so many different things. He really, really did. God, he met us there. Every time we opened up the word, he gave us new revelation and he gave us um, directives. And, and it was just so powerful. But the reason it was so powerful is because we had a heart. We, we came with a heart that was open to hear. God, speak to me. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And he gave us Acts, the second chapter. And it said, and when, starting at the first verse, I'm, I'm in the King James Version too. Um, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire, and it set upon each of them. Now, now, this is how good God is because he showed me something about that verse just a little while ago before I got on the broadcast with you when it says that, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He He gave each of them, he gave each of them an infilling of, of the, the Spirit of God. In the Amplified Bible, it reads like this. It says, and there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributed and which settled on each one of them. That's powerful. He gave each one of them their own personal infilling of the Holy Spirit. Each one of them, separate and distinct. See where I'm going? You need a separate and distinct word from God for your situation. And he knows how to do that. He knows how to speak to you individually. And you're going to see that as we read a little further here. The the fourth verse says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, as, as the Lord gave us the scripture in the shut-in, he showed us, he said, now this is the first setting. This is one setting. Because um, up until that point, I had read Acts, the second chapter, and, and just felt it was all one setting, that, you know, everybody was up in the upper room and this thing happened. But that was not the case. That was not the case. The elect, the called out ones, the chosen ones, those that Christ had separated unto himself, they were up there in, on one accord in one place. And while they were on one accord in one place, the Holy Spirit came and filled each one of them individually with what they needed for their task that was at hand. Remember, each one of the apostles had their own personal task before them. Peter had something to do. John had something to do. Matthew had something to do. Luke had something to do. Each one of them had their own specific task. As a unit, they had to spread the good news of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, the good news of what Christ came to do the good news of the relationship that Christ came to reconcile us back unto with the Father. So collectively, they had a charge. But individually, 
they had their own individual charge, their own individual call, their own individual ministry that they were called to that was unique unto them, unto each one of them, just as you have. You have your own individual call. You have your own individual assignment. You have your own individual marching orders that is unique to you. And you need to learn how to get in the presence of God, as they did, on one accord. If it's just you, then your accord, the one accord you need to be on, is you're being on one accord with the spirit of the living God. God, I'm in agreement with what you are choosing to do in my life in this hour. I'm in agreement of what you are saying and calling me to because I'm not going to let fear grip me. I'm not going to be worried or stressed because, as Timothy said, those that have been called to be a soldier, a good soldier, a good soldier, does not entangle himself in the cares of this world. See, I'm not going to entangle myself in worry about financial things. I'm not entangling myself in worry about health issues. I'm not entangling myself in worry about the salvation of my family. Why? Because I already got the promises of God's word to stand on in each one of those situations. The promise of God in Acts that says that you and your whole household shall be saved. So God, that's the word you spoke to my household. So I'm decreeing and declaring that my whole household shall be saved. I don't care what I see, what they're doing. I don't care who's in prison, who's pregnant, who's doing what. God, you said my whole household was going to be saved. So I'm standing on that. You said, Father God, that by the stripes that Christ took upon his back, I'm already healed. I'm already healed. Not I'm going to be healed. I'm already healed. So I'm already walking in my victory. I'm fighting from the victory, not for the victory. I've already got the victory. And I recognize that. So I'm walking in victory, no matter what the doctor said, no matter what the MRI said, no matter what the mammogram said, no matter what the x-ray said, does not matter. You can speak the fact all day long, but I'm going to speak the truth. And the truth says, I'm healed. I'm healed. The truth says that you, Lord God, gives me the power to obtain wealth. So if I'm in a poverty state of mind, I need to release my mind and get out of that poverty mentality and get to the place of you've given me power to obtain wealth. If you've given me power to do that, then I need to get before you and say, okay, what's the strategy? How, how do, you know, you've given me that power, how do I use it? Is it a witty invention? Am I starting a company? What What is it that I need to be walking in so that your word for my life can be fulfilled? Because you have given me power to obtain wealth. And I understand, Lord God, I recognize that the verse didn't stop there. You gave a reason why you've given me this power to obtain wealth. You gave it to me so that your covenant could be established. So I understand and I recognize that the wealth that I am obtaining is not just for me. You're establishing your covenant. How are you doing that? Because you are blessing me to be a blessing, because you are empowering me to fund the kingdom. So I understand. 
it is not to hoard on myself. Because if I'm walking in selfishness and it's just about me, then I'm not walking in the power that you gave me. Okay? It is so vitally important that we get to that place of recognition and understanding. Lord, what did your word say? Because that is what I'm going to stand on. And not only am I going to stand on it, that is what is going to proceed out of my mouth. So we gave you, I I went on a rabbit trail there. I want to get back because I want you to hear this in Acts, right? I want to get back to Acts, the second chapter. Okay, so um, fourth verse, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And here we now step into the second setting, okay, of the day. First setting, it was the apostles. It was the called out ones. It was the chosen ones. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Second setting, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Hey, the, the, the men of renown that was in the area came to where the, the apostles were, okay? They came there, and now they're confounded because they're hearing with their ear what is being spoken, and they're hearing it. Every man heard them speak in his own language. Seventh verse says, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, behold, are not all these which speak Galileans, like, shouldn't they be speaking Galileans, you know? But how is it? We go to the eighth verse. How and how here, how here, how here. I want you to get that here in your spirit. And how here we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. How are we hearing this? You see, God can put you in a place where you can distinctly hear his voice, no matter who speaking. You can hear the voice of God. That's the place you need to be in, okay? And then it goes on to say Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and um, Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Phygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya and um, Serene, Serene, and the strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear, we do hear, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. They heard what they needed to hear, okay? Now, and they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Like, why are we hearing? We're seeing them. They're Galileans and they're speaking, but we're hearing them in our own tongue. We're hearing what God is saying directly to us. God has met us right in the place that we are at, and he has spoken specifically to each and every one of us in a language we understand so that we cannot mistake what the voice of God is saying 
Do you not understand God will speak to you right where you are in a language that you will understand? We may all speak English, but I may understand what one person is saying in one way, and you may understand what that person is saying in a different way. God knows right where you are. He knows how to speak directly to your situation and to your heart. And by the way, he knows how to do that for your loved ones too. He knows how to find your son, how to find your daughter, how to find your mate, how to find your mother, how to find your father, how to find your sister, how to find your brother, right where they are, and speak to them in the language that they can understand. So fear not, do not be in doubt, you and your whole household shall be saved. Now the 13th verse says this, Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. And when I read that verse, God said to me, who was being mocked? Well, I had always taken it that it was the apostles. But this is what God spoke. He said, the men that could hear in their own voice or in their own language, that's who was being mocked. Why were they being mocked? Because the those that were doing the mocking couldn't hear it. Their hearts were not aligned with God. They were not filled with the Spirit of God. So they couldn't hear it. So while the other ones are in wonderment about what is going on, these are saying, these men are full, full of new wine. Now think about this. If, if they were hearing in their own language, there would be no reason for them to think that the men were full of wine because wine is not going to make you speak in another language. They couldn't hear it. They couldn't understand what was going on because their hearts weren't right. Because basically they were the enemy that had infiltrated because they heard something was going on and wanted to check it out. And then the 14th verse, Peter stood up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants, on my servants, on my servants, hello, hear God, on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. Hear this, on his servants and on his handmaidens. See, these people that were mocking, they weren't his servants. They weren't his handmaidens. So they couldn't hear. They couldn't perceive. Amen. We are running out of time, but I'm prayerful that what you have heard tonight is an encouragement for you to speak what thus saith the Lord. Be in a position where you can hear the spirit of the living God and what he is speaking about your situation. Get in a quiet place with God and hear his voice, and that is the only thing that you need to echo about your situation is what is thus saith 
the Lord. God bless you. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. I was thoroughly blessed to be able to present this word of God to you. Remember, you have been empowered to expand the kingdom of God. Go forth and be blessed. Building the nation with the word of the Lord. Teaching the people the love of God. Kingdom, 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 empower.